Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Britton Boyd, and I am here with... J. Allen Cross. Also known as Archaic Honey on the Instagram and the Twitter machine. I forgot to add that. Um, Y'all know where to find me. How are you doing, Jay? I am doing good. I am uh, white knuckling it through this eclipse energy that we are experiencing currently. How how are you dealing with the energy right now? Uh, the knuckles are white uh, and a little purple. They're, my hands are cold, but I'm hanging in there. Just going to get squeezed through this bottleneck of the eclipse. It's really things are just intense right now. Uh, everywhere in all aspects of life. Um But, you know, we're just going to, like, let the eclipse do their thing and we're going to flow with it and see what comes out on the other side. Absolutely. I really feel like whenever eclipses happen, we're, we're about to do a lunar eclipse here. Whenever this energy happens, I always kind of feel it's a little bit like what I call the devil or or what people often like refer to as the devil in folk Mm -hmm. magic, um, which is kind of like this force that challenges you or kind of guards the next place. And so I think right now we're kind of before we're being given something or before certain paths open up, we're, we're being challenged right now to see if we turn around um, instead of continue forward. And I think right now we just need to continue forward and be brave and, uh, and I think that there will be something on the other side for us for it. Uh, it's just testing us to make sure we really want it. For sure. I agree. And it's this um, Scorpio Taurus uh-huh. energy with this eclipse. So like that Scorpionic energy is really kind of pulls up the muck, I think, mm-hmm. for us to see what what we've buried and to kind of bring mm-hmm. that forth. And like we can sometimes find monsters and sometimes we mm-hmm. can find hidden gems So just got to like stay calm, do our breathing, pray, Mm -hmm. show up at the altar every day and just like be in calm acceptance. Yes. As we say in horse culture, you take a deep seat and a faraway look. Just (laughs) (laughs) take take that moment. And this Taurus energy too that we're having with this eclipse means that not only is this muck kind of coming up with the Scorpio, but it's also seems very stubborn right now. Like mm-hmm. there aren't, there doesn't seem to be very easy fixes. It seems like things want to hang around for a moment, but I'm trying to take that as a lesson of, you know, sitting and really looking at something um, because it maybe needs to. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And folks have felt stubborn, like mm-hmm. some uh, spiciness on the social media sphere. It's just like people are really holding on to their ideologies and like not being flexible. Like that's, no offense to any of the Taurus folks out there. I have a Mars in Taurus, so I understand sometimes it can be a little like rigid or a little uh, mm-hmm. slow to move towards things. So yeah, that's another energy I've been noticing. I love that you have a Mars in Taurus, though. That's a mood. It is a mood. I really, it's like the one thing that I think stabilizes me in my chart because it's all like Aquarius Aries energy. So mm-hmm. I love my Mars in Taurus. It makes me very slow to anger. But mm. once you put that last straw on the camel's back, 
you got to watch out. Because you're going to die. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> She's going to cook you a meal that's going to kill you. Because Taurus <laughs> energy is like that. It's like it's delicious and then you die. Um, and I like that. <laughs> right. All right. So what is it that we are talking about today other than murder by Taurus? Uh, we are going to talk about money magic. Money magic. This is an excellent, an excellent day to talk about this because weirdly enough, um, our, our recording yesterday got cut off because I was having computer trouble, which I'm also blaming on the eclipse. Um, and suddenly our money magic episode has been moved to a Thursday where we are recording, which is uh, the day of Jupiter, which rules um, finance and abundance and, and growth and prosperity and all of those things. So, you know, it's a little fitting. I've been finding lately that all of my setbacks have actually sort of been placing me in better areas for things, mm-hmm. even though they're annoying, they, they've kind of been helpful as we go. So I'm taking this as another sign that we're still on that track, that the Money Magic episode just needed to be recorded on a Thursday. <laughs> yes, with Jupiter Energy. I love that you brought that up because we record the podcast on Wednesdays and we chose Wednesday for the day of Mercury for communication and sharing and all of that. Um, but yeah, you know, I feel like the Jupiter Thursday energy often gets overlooked in money magic. I think a lot of people focus mm-hmm. on Friday for money magic. Um, but mm-hmm. Thursday, yeah, has that really great, expansive, joyous Jupiter energy. Um, so I love that you brought that up. Uh, I think both days are great for money magic and you can do money magic at any time. But yeah, mm-hmm. the days like Thursday, Friday are really good. Totally. Absolutely. And I love that. Um, so I guess where we start is, um, how, how do you on the regular employ money magic? Do you have something that you kind of do regularly to keep it coming in or are you a a money bull kind of person or, or what's your, what's your money magic situation? Yeah. So I'm a lodestone person. Mm. I love lodestones so much because they are a little spirit that you get to work with. Um, and they they have that magnetic power. So they draw money to you or draw something to you. You can work with them in other ways mm-hmm. as well. But I have this enormous lodestone. It's, it's really big. I bought a specimen online. I just put it on a silver platter and I've named them. And I just decorate the platter with like coins and money. And like I put a little petition paper underneath the stone and anoint the stone and feed it with whiskey And that's one of my like steady state money magic things that I do. But I also Mm -hmm. do candle magic. Candle magic is kind of my go to with money Mm -hmm. for the most part. Yeah, that's what I usually work with. What about you? I love all of those. Um, I do love a good money bowl. Just and and I always prefer bowls over like a money jar simply because I feel like this type of magic needs to breathe. And and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But but I love working a money bowl, you know, kind of, you know, filling it with some coins and some stones, you know, things like lodestones are excellent to put in there. Um, people often put things like a St. Jude statue um, in, in or near a money bowl. You can also get St. Jude statues where where the base of the statue is actually a big bag of money that's open. Um, I mean, it's not real money. It's, it's part of the Redstone statue, but, but mm-hmm. kind of the symbol is there. Um, but especially for those of us who you know, run our own business and are trying to bring money in through that um, channel. 
I often like to work with the doors of your business. So either you have a brick and mortar store or an office, um, or even from home, you can do this, is putting stones or objects by the door in order to bring it in. So um, for instance, like your St. Jude money bowl can go by the door. Um, It's very common to find St. Jude um, statues or, or small shrines near the door because He's said to bring in good business and also keep away things like thieves as well. Um, but also if you are a stone or a crystal person, um, putting stones like citrine mm-hmm. or pyrite near the front door. Um, I knew someone who had a big hunky citrine that she used to use as like a doorstop that she'd open the door to her business and use that there as a doorstop um, and had great success in her business. Um, so things like that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be big. And especially because this is a folk magic podcast, I love this idea of small things that we work in to our everyday lives that, mm-hmm. that have a big impact like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how often do you work money magic? Not very often, um, but I will probably every month because mm-hmm. I'm not a person who really needs a great deal of money coming in, but it, I do like to sort of keep that flow coming, that established flow um, right. coming in. And so I'll do a little of this, a little of that, um, especially if I'm seeing like like a slump in my business. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's low season, you know, especially yeah. times like, you know, around Christmas, people aren't buying, you know, tarot readings because they're spending money on presents for their friends and their family and things like that. And that's wonderful. But, you know, those are also times where you need to call in more money for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So those are times where, where I often do it. Yeah, I tend like you, I tend to do it about once a month. But what I really like is having like something going that's steady, like working with a lodestone or a money bowl, where you kind of have like a constant thing going on. Um, but yeah, like you about once a month, I might light a candle or something like that. Or if I'm having like a shop update, I tend to work with the lunar phases, like towards the waxing moon. And then on the full moon, I kind of have like a big like blowout of my money magic in a good way. Mm -hmm. I kind of sounded negative. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, also I'll go through phases where I'm just like wanting to boost my money attraction. And Mm -hmm. I do a lot of like spiritual bathing and a lot of anointing of oils to like make myself more attractive to money um, to draw it in. So... That, yeah, those are a few things that I like to do um, on the regular. I love that. Now, question. Um, do you name your lodestones when you work with them? I do. You do? Okay, so I a friend do. of mine was telling me about this. Um, uh, Ruth Oshman, who used to run the Tarotry, um, which has since closed down, but she was the one I used to buy my lodestones from. And she was telling me that she would name hers all kinds of things. Like one of them was... Um, like her money lodestone that she was using for a long time was named after, um, I can't remember his name, but uh, it's Alec Baldwin's character in 30 Rock because he's like this big money, like, you know, mogul that's constantly, you know, bringing it in the cash and all that stuff. So that's what she named uh, her her money lodestone at that time. And I I always think that that's um, hilarious, but I love that because it does sort of imbue it with a certain amount of power. And mm-hmm. I like that sort of animistic approach to working with lodestones. It's kind of like, it's yes. a spirit, it's a thing that I've named and I've named it, you know, with intention um, and 
you know, I'm working with it to bring in all kinds of stuff. So I like that approach to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to sit with my lodestone and see if they give me a name. Um, I try not to like name them myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to see like, you know, what their shape is like, what their energy is like, because each lodestone has like a very unique energy, um, to them and a unique personality because they are living spirits. So yeah, I love naming my lodestones and it, it like gives you a point of like contact when you're working with them. You're like, Hey buddy, you know what I mean? (laughs) You can just like hang out with them and stuff. So. Yeah. It's a little bit more personal. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. um, like I've always been told that you can just simply pray to your guardian angel as quote, my guardian angel. But when you learn their name, there's something more, um, there, there's a much stronger mm-hmm. connection there to working mm-hmm. with them. And I feel like it's, it's the same with, uh, pretty much everything. Once you know its name, um, then that connection is there. But I think that's also kind of a magical law about the power of names or naming things. Right. Yeah. So, um, moving on, what are, you know, like, uh, what about like privilege and, um, using air quotes here for those who can't see me, um, manifestation magic. I'm so glad that you've asked because this is something that's been, um, on my mind with the, with the money magic sphere, especially around um, groups or, or people that are teaching, again, in air quotes here, manifestation or or manifesting abundance or, or any of these things. And we've it's, all been... It just sounds so vague. It does. It sounds so vague. And I feel like we've all been on YouTube or something, like looking at like a, a witchcraft video or something. And suddenly that ad pops up that's like, hey, come here and I'm going to teach you how I manifested like $25,000 in three days, um, you know, <laughs> which is always the biggest scam. Uh, I always flash back to something my mother one always says, which is, um, you know how to make a million dollars. You write a book teaching other people how to make a million dollars. Yes. And that's how you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I think is similarly happening here with that scam. But folks don't talk about privilege in their manifesting or their money magic uh, scenarios. And I see this a lot, especially when there's, um, you know, highly privileged people within the community who are like, oh, yeah, no, this was very simple. I just thought positively. And all of this stuff just opened for me. Um, All this stuff kicked in. Um, You know, I thought some good things and my trust fund arrived um, because I turned the certain age I needed to be to get to it. Yeah, that magic age, it just unlocked all the, the possibilities for abundance and your trust fund. Right. And so I think we need to simply have an awareness of how privilege works into things like prosperity magic, manifestation, things like that. Because when you are not of a privileged community, it's not always as easy as, well, you just aren't using the right positive thinking. It's you're also up against systems within society and the government and the the workforce that are all against you as well. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we can't do things to help ourselves overcome them, but to say that, oh, you know, especially to a person of color or a marginalized person, you know, queer people, whatever, um, who have harder times getting things like money and disposable income, just like, oh, yeah, well, if you would just think more positively, um, systemic racism and all of that would just go away. Um, That's highly problematic to kind of suggest that. It really is. You know, it reminds me of this um, podcast I was listening to many years ago. 
And um, I really enjoyed the podcast and, and I really loved the host. But the person that they were interviewing, they were talking about money magic and abundance and like all of that. And all I kept hearing in the podcast from the person who was being interviewed was like, just be playful with your money. Just be <laughs> playful with your money. And I'm like, what does that mean? How does that get me more money? Like, how does that like help secure my life? And I was like, this has to be a matter of privilege, because if you're just able to be playful mm -hmm. with your money, like maybe you have never known struggle. Yeah. And just to be able to do that, like not a whole lot of people can simply be playful with their money. A lot of people have to like really have it down to like the last dime of where everything goes in order to make their life continue to work. And that's something mm -hmm. that I think we should really um, kind of take into consideration. And I find too that a lot of these people who are running these manifestation groups don't really know much about manifestation. Yeah. Because uh, I'm seeing this happen a lot where it's it kind of goes round and round. Like, um, I don't know if you watch Shit's Creek, but there's that thing about folding in the cheese and and she doesn't know how to do it and, and he doesn't know how to do it, but she's pretending to teach him. And so she's just like, you just fold in the cheese. And he's like, I don't know what that means. And she's like, you just fold it in. And he's like, well, okay, but how do I do that? And she's like, I don't know how to be any more clear. You just fold in the cheese. <laughs> and right. it just keeps going round and round like that. And I find that a lot of manifestations like that, because a lot of times these people don't actually have the answer. So they just keep falling back on, well, you just do it. Um, and similarly, I find that too in the community when it comes to healing your trauma. Mm -hmm. People are like, yes, you just heal your trauma. It's like, well, how do I do that? You just, you just heal it. Like, well, yeah. how? Well, you, you just do it, you know, you buy uh, magic and stuff, you know, you just do it. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's so vague. Like there's a lot of vague vagueness out there in the manifestation and abundance money magic realm. Um, I, I, like give me specifics here. Like I think where a lot of it can start is like basic money man management skills, which I yes. don't see like there's a popular online influencer, not going to name names, who teaches a lot about abundance and money manifestation and whatnot. Yet when I have looked at their programs, there's no, it's all so vague. It, it doesn't really mm -hmm. detail like, how do you manage your money? Like, you know, my parents tried to teach me how to balance a checkbook back when there were checkbooks. And it just went right over my head and I didn't absorb any of it. Um, and mm. then I had to learn the hard way of how to manage my money and whatnot. So I don't know. There's just so many vague terms out there. And people, you know, like you were saying about how do you want to make a million dollars? We'll write a book on how to teach people how to make a million dollars. Right. Kind of seems like, yeah, it's like a pyramid scheme, like some trap. Or whatever. I mean, there are, and that's not to say there are, there are really great people out there doing work on like how to budget and how to manage your money and how to like control your expenses, et cetera, and stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that's important. And the other thing too that I know is in a lot of these manifestation groups that are teaching people how to pull in money, a lot of these classes or to join some of these groups or, or to take these courses that are going to teach you how to do this cost a lot of money. So it, it almost kind of negates itself in a little way where it's like, okay, so clearly we are teaching people with money how to get more money, which is much easier to do when you already have money because <laughs> people don't realize how 
expensive it is to be broke. Like if you have bad credit or any of these things, trying to get into like an apartment or something like that is way more mm-hmm. expensive. They charge you way more stuff um, based on things like your credit. And so I do see a very strange imbalance there where it's like, yes, we're going to teach people with money how to bring more money in and then pretend like it's magic a lot of the time. And that that worries me. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I'm going to be totally transparent and admit something here. I have taken those courses. I have paid that money to make that money. And Mm -hmm. um, more often than not, it doesn't really work. Again, it's just like vague terms, vague information. You're just not Mm -hmm. thinking positive enough, etc. It kind of a lot of the times it does feel like a scam. But there are also folks that I work with who or who have worked with who really empower you like my good friend Sarah M. Chapel teaches you how to build a business based on your values and how mm. to like work your business to be profitable and mm. um she provides a lot of really great information so I know I'm like there's a lot of naysaying coming out of my mouth but there are really great people out there teaching um abundance strategies and um how to pull in more money and how to like work more effectively. So that does exist in the world. Absolutely. And I think that that is so powerful because it, you know, things like what Sarah M. Chapel does, you know, are real world things, they're applicable things, things that you can go out and that you can do in order to make this stuff happen. Um, what I see lacking in a lot of like these quote unquote manifestation groups or whatever is a huge reliance on this idea that because you think it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that needs to go away is this idea that just because you've thought it, it's going to happen because not only is it a completely untrue. And I I think a lot of people in the magical community kind of hold onto this because at one point in our lives, we've all had a moment where we've thought something and it came true. Mm -hmm. And we hold on to that because that makes us feel powerful. It makes us think that, you know, we can do things with our minds or whatever. But the truth is we've also thought millions of other things that have never happened. Right. Like my house burning down. Exactly. And for people with anxiety too, telling people with anxiety, like, oh yeah, if you think about something, it will happen. Um, That's terribly, terribly mean and not how this works at all. So I'm, I'm not against manifestation, but if, if that's where it, the end of the road is, is like, oh, just be more positive or whatever. There are more steps to manifestation than just positive thinking. You have to actually go out there and do the things. You have to actually, you know, go forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't do that well, then your manifestation isn't going to work. So I think things like you're talking about Sarah M. Chapel, who give you that backbone for yes. this idea of bringing into your world you know, what it is that you want is so Mm -hmm. important. And that's going to help ground the magic and make it actually work for you beyond just this almost kind of evangelical sort of, well, if your faith was stronger, then, you know, these things would come to you or, you know, whatever that we see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Providing like a framework, you know, a structure to move around in rather than just like this floppy, vague uh, Mm -hmm. notion of like positive thinking and whatnot. I know one thing that has worked for me is I set alerts on my phone daily towards my goals. So many years ago, I was struggling with this sense of worthiness around receiving money um, because Mm. I felt like I needed to be punished whenever I received income to to just even basically survive. So I started writing out these affirmations that are like, I am worthy of receiving an income that helps me thrive. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a one way that we can change our thinking, you know, mm-hmm. and like when we can change our thinking, we start rewiring like scripts that we run in our head and whatnot. So I do think that like positive thinking or like positive affirmations can be helpful um, when they're put into structure and when they're put into like daily use. I think that that can be very helpful. And it really helps me overcome a lot of my money struggles. Yeah. And that's really powerful too, because again, that's not just about money. That's about your sense of self-worth and yes. and what, you know, what you feel should be coming to you and um, whether or not you feel um, worthy of, you know, receiving that money or receiving that abundance. So mm-hmm. a lot of how we feel about ourselves and kind of the world around us is very much tied into this idea of money magic or prosperity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So moving on, like, okay, how does our money magic work or like arrive to us? Like, how does it come to us? Because there's like Uh, a lot of folks out there who are who I've experienced in conversation with and they're like, I'm so afraid to work this money spell because I'm afraid that my father's going to die and I'm going to receive my like inheritance (laughs) from him. And I'm like, I don't I don't think that's how this works. No. I mean, no, because I I agree. A lot of times people worry it's like that old story of like the monkey's fist where, you know, he makes a wish for money and then his kid dies all of a sudden and then he gets the insurance or or whatever it is. And and that's not generally the case. I mean, magic is going to take the path of least resistance. Um, And so if someone around you is going to kick the bucket anyway it it may speed that process a touch at worst um but that's not because of your spell um it's simply because that was already going to happen it's not Mm -hmm. going to change fate destroy somebody's life so that you can have money it's not like that um i mean unless that was your intention going into it but i don't think that's really any of us here so i don't i don't want people to be worried about money magic there's a lot of fear that that's how it's going to go. And in, in my, in, in my experience, I think the scariest thing that often happens in money magic is you aren't specific enough and just say, I need money. And then you find like change in the couch cushions and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, you get lucky and you find a $20 bill floating on the side of the street. You know, I had that happen a while ago. Um, I had done some money magic and it was a little vague. I hadn't really specified what I wanted and needed. And mm-hmm. I was walking down the street to the bakery and out of nowhere, a $20 bill just floated by my feet. And I was like, sweet, I don't have to pay for my bakery, but also I need more money. <laughs> <laughs> but also that's not what I meant. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And a lot of time too, like people are very much under this impression that, you know, you light a green candle, you know, you do your money spell or whatever, and then the money just rains down out of thin air. And, you know, sometimes you do just kind of get money handed to you. And that's great when that happens. But a lot of money magic does require us to kind of take those extra steps, do things like get a job or, or go to our job or pick up extra shifts or things like that. And the money is there to carry you through that to make sure that at the end of that work, you do end up with the amount of money that you were needing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if you do a money spell, don't just expect it to just kind of rain down out of the sky. It's great when that does happen, Mm -hmm. but that's not a guaranteed thing. And that's not generally how money magic tends to work. Right. We talk a lot about air quotes, doing the work uh, in witchcraft Mm. and that witchcraft and folk magic require work. Um, So yeah, if you are working money magic, make sure you're taking those steps in your real life to make that happen. Um, We can't just like sit around waiting for it, like you said, to just fall out of the sky or fall on our laps. Uh, We have to take those steps that um, put us in the way of receiving that money um, in that abundance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we have to. We have to meet the magic halfway. You know, the magic yeah. isn't here just to solve all of our problems. We still have to participate in the magic even after, you know, doing the spell or burning the herbs or whatever it is. We have to continue to to do that work in order to reach wherever it is that we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Doesn't that, that quote, um, you have to meet God halfway, come from where the red ferns grow? Oh, my God. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. That's so funny. Um, I'm in that your is, mind. That is a book. Um, yeah. And I actually think about that a lot. Whenever I think about money magic or like this idea of making stuff happen, I always go back to where the red fern grows when he's like saving up all of his money to get the dogs. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, spoiler, it's, it's a very sad book if, very... if you haven't read it, if you oh, weren't gosh. subjected to it in the sixth grade. <laughs> right. I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's really good, but it, it's so sad. It is. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go into um, some tips for some successful money magic, because we're going to get, we're going to get this rolling, you know, we're going to, we're going to get that money coming in. But what is, Mm -hmm. what is something that you have found um, helpful in, in your money magic? Right. So using specific dollar amounts um, for what you need. So like when I'm doing a shop update, I'm like, I'm, I need this amount of money to happen. Um, this is my goal. So like setting goals and set your mm-hmm. goals high, like aim yes. high, um, because the higher you aim, you know, you may not receive all of it, but you're you're closer than where you would have been, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really think that setting goals or setting like certain amounts and not being vague with your, um, with what you need, um, is really important, uh, in working effective money magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that the, the specific dollar amounts, because like I was talking about earlier, it's very simple in a money magic spell just to be like, send me money. And they're like, great, here's 20 cents. And you're like, that's not enough. And they're like, well, you just said, send me money. And I did. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Using that that dollar amounts is good because not only does it does it let you know the powers that be know exactly what it is that you're looking for and let them help get you there, but also it shows to I I, I think a certain amount of unwillingness to be greedy because you know uh, I think a bunch of people have tried to do things like oh I'm going to do a money spell for a million dollars and it just never mm-hmm. comes through because mm-hmm. what even are you going to do with a million dollars you know um, that's that's not something that's it's too much, you know? Right. Um, but something like, hey, I need $500 this month so that I can make rent. Yes. That's so much more achievable. And that's something that, you know, is is, is doable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. And if I had a million dollars, I would buy a pony. A pony? That sounds yeah. nice. I like ponies. Yeah, or a mini mm. donkey. I've, I'm obsessed with <sighs> mini donkeys. I just, I want a donk in my life. 
Oh my God. I love that. Yes. Do you know what I really want? What? Well, I want like a house with a little bit of land and I want a guard llama that just kind of like yes. roams around and I want to name it Steven so that I can just be like Steven every morning and have it come over and I'll pet it and just gallops over it. to you. Yeah. Cause the llamas, llamas will fuck somebody up. Oh, like, they will. Yeah. If there's somebody around that they do not recognize, they will, I want an attack llama. Like someone tries to rob me in the middle of the night, just getting all llama fucked up. I don't know. Whatever they do. <laughs> Spit on you or. Take care, whatever. I'm here for it. I'm here for it too. I hope you get your llama and I hope I get my little donkey. Oh my God, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Another thing that kind of goes along with the specific dollar amounts is the being specific of how and when and what type of kind of money that comes in or what type of income. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of things that go wrong in money magic where people go, okay, um, I need $300 this month to make rent. And that's like, okay, great. That's in the specific dollar amount. And then a lot of times people will be then given the opportunity to borrow that amount of money. Yes. And it's like, uh, okay, no, like I, I needed it to be, you know, no strings attached, like just income that just mm-hmm. comes in or extra income that comes in that I don't necessarily have to pay back. Or they say things like, okay, I need $300 um, just free and clear to come to me. And it's like, great. And that money shows up about a week and a half after the deadline for when you needed it. Right. So I like to add things in that's like, you know, um, may this money come to me at no harm to anyone else. And may it be free and clear by this time Mm -hmm. Um, is very helpful to just, just let the universe know what exactly it is that you are looking for. Because it will provide, but again, it's going to take the path of least resistance, which is often, you know, being able to borrow it or or something else. Mm-hmm. Or like um, I've seen folks, uh, and this has happened to me, where I just get overloaded with work. Mm-hmm. Where like that's how I receive, that's where my money usually flows in is like through my work. So I get more hours at work or you get overtime or mm-hmm. or something like that but you okay i kind of want to go off on a slight tangent go off on it okay um yeah you just said something that made something ping in my head is like i think when working money magic that there's this sense of scarcity with money mm-hmm. yes and i think this is just a personal opinion that there we have billionaires hoarding wealth like it's okay for you to ask for more money because it you can get it and it can come to you. It not yes. at the expense of another person, not at the expense mm-hmm. of your neighbor or your friend or whoever. Like there is, I don't want to say limitless, but there's a lot of money out there. So I think it's just something to consider when working your money magic that you're not, you're probably not going to harm somebody in the process of trying to draw more money to you. And just always mm-hmm. think of those billionaires who are hoarding wealth. You know what I mean? Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Yes. There's this sort of guilt that a lot of people sense yes. with um, prosperity or money magic where they're like, oh, well, if I'm getting money, then that means that it's being taken from somebody else that needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's generally not the truth. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, when I do money magic, I used to in my early twenties when I was doing money magic, I used to get these weird things in the mail that were like checks that were like, Oh, um, like one time it was for an Arco. I used to go to a gas station that I used to go to because they had good prices. And apparently they were like that particular Arco was actually price gouging, like above where it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And apparently they had found out that I had overpaid through and there was a big lawsuit. And so part of them figuring that out was sending back the the money that people had overpaid or something like that. Really weird. Um, wow. And I'm like, yeah, Arco can, can pay me <laughs> some money here. Like that's okay. <laughs> like, they're going to be fine. Right. This is also a tangent, but like when I go to the grocery store and they have like right now it's th- almost Thanksgiving and they have the turkey bucks, like you can donate a little bit of money. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll donate the money, but also I'm pretty sure the corporation, the grocery store has plenty of money. It doesn't need to come out of the pockets of regular folks who are struggling. Yep. And it just grinds my gears. Yep. No, I agree. I agree with that too. It's kind of like the whole global warming thing where they're like, well, if you would just drive your car less, then the planet would be saved. And it's like, or if these big companies that are pumping out all of this like pollution would stop, maybe that would actually have a much bigger impact on, you know, me driving. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. It's just like we're being gaslit. Yeah. So remember that wanting and needing money in order to survive capitalism does not make you a bad person. Mm -hmm. And you know, getting that money does not take it away from other people. In fact, capitalist folks who are who are definitely gaming the system right now very much want you to believe that mm-hmm. um, because they don't want you wanting to get more money. They that goes against you know everything they stand for because they want all the money. And if we you know actually felt okay about ourselves getting money, which we've been trained not to do, um, then things things may be different. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to realize that getting money isn't a character defect. It's something that we all need to do in order to survive in this world. And that's okay. It is okay. Yeah. Okay. Tangent over. Okay. What else do we have here on this list? We have. Do not squeeze your money too tightly. Let the magic breathe. Kind of like what you were talking about earlier with the money bowl and Mm -hmm. letting it to be able to expand, you know, like money, money jars. I love your take on jar work because doing like, money jars or sugar jars are really popular right now. Mm -hmm. And it does like constrict and suffocate the magic a little bit. Like where can it go? Like it needs to like move. So I think that also kind of like can apply to just like managing our money. Do allow yourself to have things. Like if you want to go to Starbucks and get that pumpkin cream cold brew, like go do that. Like that's fine. Um, But you know, Mm. also like managing your money properly, but also allowing it to breathe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, that's exactly what I'm talking about because it's like, you know, we're, we're saving this money so that we can eventually spend it. You know, money just hoarded doesn't do anything for us. So like, like you're saying, you know, yeah, go to Starbucks, get that drink, you know, that $4 or whatever, it's not going to break you. Um, and, but also at the same time, maybe don't go to Starbucks six times a day <laughs> for right. the next, you know, six months. Yeah. Um, that's going to be too much, you know, but allow yourself little joys, you know, mm-hmm. little things, because I think that 
helps us to remember that money is not always a source of woe. Right. That it's also something that can bring us joy and happiness. And I think that's important to money magic is, is to enjoy um, it when it comes in. Otherwise, what are we even doing here? You know? mm-hmm. There is a woman of color. Her name is Rachel Rogers. And she wrote a book called We Can All Be Millionaires. And she talks mm. a lot about that whole like, go buy the Starbucks. Like you can do it. It's fine. And that's not what is making you broke. So I don't know if anyone wants some really good, like getting into your money problems stuff. I highly recommend Rachel Rogers. She has like a whole community called, I think it's called, we can all be millionaires. And her life story is just incredible. Highly recommend. You can find her on Instagram. I think at Rachel Rogers ESQ. I think is her username. She's just mm. fantastic. And she's so inspiring. I love her. Love wow, her so much. I love that. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yeah. And two, sometimes we need to do things for ourselves to help us kind of open up to this idea of money coming in and going out and having it all kind of be okay. And a long time ago, somebody taught me how to play something that they called the money game. And if you're a person that, that struggles with this idea of, of money always being evil or never being fun or, or anything like that, um, that can really sort of hinder your money magic potential. Mm-hmm. And so the money game is, is something that's fun. I, I like to do it before bed, but essentially you just get like a notebook, right? With just, you know, like lined paper, just your everyday notebook. And the first night you start off with, let's say you, you start off with $100. And so you write down, okay, $100. $100. And then you write down how you would spend that money. Like if that money just came to you free and clear, how would you spend that money? And the goal is you have to spend all of it mm-hmm. um, and, and get it spent. And then the next day, you double that number. So the next night, you know, before bed, you would start with 200 because you double it. And then you write down, okay, how would I spend all this money? And then the next night, it's 400 And the next night, it's 800 And then the next night, it's 1600 And then it it blows up really fast from there. And so it gets you in the idea of not only this, this, this feeling of money coming in, but also the feeling of it's okay to spend it knowing that tomorrow more money will be coming in. And so it kind of helps sort of adjust this perspective that money is always coming in and therefore it is okay for me to release some of it. Um, and like, you know, at first, you know, it's like a hundred dollars. You're just like, you know, whatever, like I'm going to go to Starbucks and go see a movie and do blah, 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 blah. But like a couple weeks in, you're into like the several hundred thousand dollars, you know, million dollars or whatever it is. Um, at which point your, your, your money game becomes things like I'm opening, um, a Planned Parenthood in my area or like, you know, really big stuff that's like actually helping your community, mm-hmm. things like that, or like, you know, animal rescue things or whatever. So it helps you kind of realize too mm-hmm. that like good things can also come out of you having money yes. and you can benefit other people. Yes. That's also what uh, I'm really just shouting out Rachel Rogers. She talks about that. She's like, what if folks like you and I here had abund- abundant wealth? What would we do with that wealth? We would be sharing it with our community. We would be making changes. We would be putting it into places like you can change so much when you like bring it in and then share it. 
So there's like yeah. a lot, so much good that can come from it. Um, like for example, I send a percentage of my sales to indigenous tribes of my local area. Like that is mm-hmm. woven into my budget um, mm-hmm. when I receive income because I'm able to give and we should be able to give, you know, um, mm-hmm. obviously making sure our own bases are covered before we do that. Um, but, you know, sharing it, sharing the wealth, because that's the problem is we have these billionaires hoarding, hoarding and hoarding um, and not sharing like they could end world hunger if they wanted to, but they're not. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And that's one of those things, too, where like when people get after me about like, well, you know, if God really existed, then like, why would they allow world hunger to be a thing? It's like, well, we have all the resources to fix it. We We simply don't. Yeah. Like, so that's on us. That's not a God thing. That's an us thing. Yes. Yeah. That is good. That is good. And that actually brings us into our next one too, about kind of this idea that spending money can actually bring you money. And that's a perfect example of it. This idea of you, um, you know, donating to some local tribes or, you know, um, you know, directly to your local food bank around the holidays or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And again, make sure that you are taken care of, make sure that all of your stuff is, taken care of and if you have extra leftover definitely and it doesn't have to be a lot just whatever you have that's a little extra you know send it to your local food bank or you know venmo like uh last year when a lot of the um the black lives matter rallies were happening in portland Mm -hmm. i would send stuff to like the the um the medic funds that was like you know getting equipment and stuff like that for them so you know just giving little bits of money out where you can, as far as a community support is concerned, I do feel like kind of earns me. I, I don't want to use the word karma because everyone's completely misusing that these days, but it kind of gives you like, like prosperity points, you know, like that there's some sort of return on that. I feel. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And even in like money magic too, I really like spells because that, that utilize spending money um, because I feel then you're directly engaging with this exchange of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so like things like, you know, writing a sigil on like a, a dollar bill or whatever, mm-hmm. and then spending it somewhere or, or someone um, did this one where they bless like a bunch of quarters and then like go to a place like a mall or something and just leave them places for yes. people to pick up and then take yeah. places and spend them and do stuff like that. Cause it, then, then the money spreads out the the money enters the money system, you know, and then the magic goes and, and does whatever it needs to do. Right. Yeah. You plucked that right out of my brain. Cause that's where I wanted to go next is like, um, blessing dollars or, um, I think they call it like hunting bucks where you like write sigils onto the dollar to go hunt for more money for you as you spend it, Ooh. it like brings it back to you. And then working in conjunction with a lodestone to that magnetic attraction um, is can be really effective. And I love that. I love when I find occasionally I'll find a dollar bill that has like sigils on it. And I'm like, hell yeah, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's perfect. That's perfect. And I think too, kind of one of our next things here is is use it when you need it and and don't be greedy. I think this is something that um, I, th- I think most of us can attest to. You know, we've all had that friend that definitely doesn't need money that was doing money magic. And then they're like, why isn't it working? And it's like, because you don't need it. And 
magic is fueled by need, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you need it, do it. Like that's, that's okay. You know, but if you're like, you got a bunch of money and you're just looking for more, like that's when I feel like we start getting into consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you're just, when you're just grabbing at it. Yep. Grabbing at it. Yeah. And what about magical timing? I think timing, you know, it's not always necessary because like if we're in that emergency where it's like rent's due tomorrow and we need the money now, like you do the magic now. Um, But I also think you could do some planning. So like, for example, if you're running a business and you have a holiday shop update coming or a holiday release, uh, maybe you work with the waxing moon or maybe you Mm -hmm. do a shop update on like a Thursday or a Friday Um, I like Sunday. Sunday is like kind of a day of blessings. The sun energy is behind it. And Sunday is just a great day. Um, So, yeah, I think magical timing really like ties into it as well. Um, It can be really helpful. Absolutely. And too, I think a lot of times money magic is best as a preemptive instead Mm -hmm. of a, a fixer. You know, definitely, definitely you can use it as a fixer if you find yourself kind of in in an emergency state. But I I find that a lot of times when you are working on going prosperity where to kind of keep that channel open um, is very helpful so that we don't end up in those situations that are so dire. Um, And and that allows us to really work with this idea of magical timing. And I I love what you're talking about with the waxing moon, because that's going to help things grow. Mm-hmm. So if we start kind of like our money magic, you know, when the moon is small and we work with it or we work something like a lodestone or a, a money bowl throughout the course of the waxing moon, um, that's going to give us a little bit more power. It's going to help that money grow, which is going to be excellent. And I like that you brought up um, days of the week as well, mm-hmm. because we have, of course, Thursday, which is like our day of Jupiter, which is like um, expansion growth. Um, I like to do a lot of um, open road work on Thursdays, but Thursdays is really good for like for, for growing anything, whether it's, it's, it's your wealth or it's your, um, your business. You can do all that sort of, of growth and expansion on Thursdays. Fridays are a little sassier. I like to work with Friday if I'm going on vacay and I need a little extra like money for like, you know, the slots or whatever, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, like that's like Friday money energy is like, yeah, go shopping, you know, or like whatever, like if I need like a new outfit or, or whatever it is. Like, I feel like Friday energy is a lot um, more or fun. Um, mm-hmm. I like to work with Wednesdays as well, because it's like this day of Mercury, which is uh, like commerce, business, yes. this sort of like exchange, um, clientele, things like that. So if you're looking to pull in clients or maybe get the word out about your business that draws in clients, um, then like Wednesday is a great day to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of magical timing that you can work with uh, to, to make this successful. Um, but again, like, like Britain was saying, if... If it, if you need to do it now, do it now. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Just do it. We always talk about that on this podcast. Do it. Do it always. So what about follow through? You know, we've cast our spell, we've changed our thinking and all of that. What's the next step? I think that's like, get to work, you know, um, One thing that I had shared on Instagram a little while ago is like somebody hopping into my DMs being like, what's a good ritual for money? I'm like, that ritual is going to your job, but I can give you a spell. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know? Yes. We got to yes. find our rituals that bring us that money. So like we were talking earlier, like putting yourself like halfway, meet God halfway, meet the money halfway, mm-hmm. um, do the work to get yourself that money. So go to your job, apply for a job, um, hustle that side business, uh, work really hard at your like current business. If you run an online business or you have clients, like put your voice out there. Don't be afraid to, to like shine, let yourself shine. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's so important because that happens so often, um, with people who are doing things like, you know, Oh, I want a bunch of money or like, or, um, like I need a new job and it's like, okay. And then they're like, well, that spell isn't working. I'm like, well, did you turn in any applications? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well that there's your problem. Or mm-hmm. like people who do like, Oh, I, I want you to do a spell for me so that I can find my true love. And I'm like, great. And then they come back to me like weeks later and they're like, nothing's happening. I'm like, well, have you left your house? And they're like, no. <laughs> right. Like you have to, you have to go out there. You got to do the things to make it happen. You got to swipe right. Exactly. Uh, swipe right on life. Um, it's right, right? Uh, I have no idea. It's been so long right, since I've you're been married. <laughs> like it's been a real long time since I've since I've heard that little grinder notification. It's been it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we go. Um, do you have a favorite money drawing spell you would like to leave people with? Right. I have a few. So I think I'm just yeah. going to choose two. One, I'm just going to send y'all somewhere to find this spell. It is the 14 day lodestone money spell on luckymojo.com. It's fabulous. It's 14 days. It is a lot of work. You need to light like one candle every day for seven days and you only burn it halfway down and then you go back for the next seven days on like when you're hitting in the, to the two week range, um, you burn the candle f- all the way down. So you need to have like a really good solid setup space for this spell to work with your lodestone and you need like $2 bills and you need silver dimes. Like it's a whole thing. Um, but if you're looking for business success, that is a really, I've done that spell twice and it really works. It's an amazing spell. The other one, too, is just working with a lodestone. Get yourself a lodestone. Get yourself a plate or a bowl and um, place some money under it. Dress up your lodestone. Pray over your lodestone. Talk with your lodestone and start putting money under it. Like even just one dollar bills. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Um, I really like to pull out money from my business checking account and put money underneath it and then go spend that money and then refresh it. You know, Mm because like we were talking about earlier about like um, blessed money and stuff going out to draw it back in. Um, That is uh, some stuff that I do with money spells. It's not like a spell exactly, I guess, but um, it's just how I work and what I like to do. I like that. That's wonderful. I'm going to share one that I recently posted on my Instagram. So if you want to go back and look at it, um, it is the picture of the golden vase on my Instagram. Uh, but the spell essentially is you light a um, a green candle that's dressed in money oil, and then you get a bay leaf. And on the bay leaf, you either like write your intention, which is something like, um, you know, money comes to me easily and freely, or you can use like a money drawing sigil on it. However you want to do it, you're going to mark that, that bay leaf for its intention. 
And, you know, I like to say prayers over it, or, or you can anoint it with money drawing oil or, or whatever it is you would like. Um, and then I burn cinnamon chips on a charcoal and pass the leaf through that um, a couple times. And then I slip that into my wallet or your purse or wherever it is that you keep your, your money and wherever you want it uh, brought to. Yes, I love that. I'm going to go do that today. Yeah, especially if you do that um, during the very start of the waxing moon and carry it with you through the whole cycle so that the money comes to you and it grows stronger Mm -hmm. every day. Um, That's a great way to go. Yeah, awesome. What a fun episode. I really like this. Yes, I love money magic. I love money magic. I know. We, We all need more money. And money magic is fun to do. It's like one of those fun forms of magic like that and like flirty love magic. I always just feel like it like fluffs me up, makes me happy and gets me excited. Right. And magic should be fun. We should be enjoying this. I feel like the whole community has gotten so damn serious lately and everyone's upset about everything all the time. I'm like, just go have fun. Do a flirty, fun, glamour spell and go out and get your money and just live your best life. Right. Yeah. Stop being so serious. Britton and I are going to go get a small donkey and a llama. Mm -hmm. Um, But while that's happening, remember. Do money magic. And witchcraft. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.